You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. How far is too far when it comes to fighting for peace? Well, fellow systematic geekologists, um, there may be a show that really pushes the boundaries when it comes to that question. And so welcome. We are in the midst of our HBO special series of HBO shows, bingeable shows. And uh, a lot of us are in in our uh, listener verse and hosts are big time comic book fans. And so HBO put out quite the comic book show uh, with Peacemaker. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm really excited about um this discussion because this show was just a surprise uh, hit for me and and I loved every second of it. I, just, I won't bury the lead. I love this show. I thought it was fantastic and and pushed the boundaries on, on a lot of fronts. And so we're going to discuss that today. So I am Will Rose, one of your hosts. I'm in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I uh, just came back from Germany just to be on this episode. So uh, you guys... Um, Glad, glad you're here. And so let's uh, go around and introduce ourselves. Daniel. Hello, I'm Daniel. You uh, may also hear uh, my son guest speak in the background, and uh, I apologize in advance. <laughs> real people with real lives. We don't apologize for that. Christian, how are you doing? Okay, how are you, Will? We're good. What are you up to today? Oh. Well, other than the fact I just survived another fake fire drill in the dorm room, I had OT2 today for my class, and that was a lot of fun. Ah, fire drills and crying babies and jet lag from Germany. Man, we are real people with real lives, but love to geek out with one another. So let's just hop right in uh, to the episode. Um, before we get into the actual TV show, I, I would you know, like to get into a little bit of the history of this character. And I'll, I'll share some things. And if you guys know of anything else that I'm missing, chime, chime in. You know, it's nothing that you can't find on a Wikipedia page. But it's, it's one of the – Peacemaker is – I wouldn't say he's definitely not an A-list uh, DC hero. He's not a B-list, uh, barely a C-list. Uh, so the fact that there, again, James Gunn is pulling from these obscure characters like he did with Guardians of the Galaxy and putting them in the forefront and making them popular and writing them in a cool way, I, I think is pretty impressive. So uh, Peacemaker actually made his debut in um, this comic book called the the Charlton Comics, Char- Charlton Comics. And it was uh, way back in, in the 19... 19- uh, 60s. And so it was like a backup story. And then in the 1980s, DC acquired this comic book company and then relaunched like a four limited issued comic book in 1988. Um, and so he was a part of this kind of fighting five number 40 is if you're looking for the first appearance out there on eBay or in your local comic book store back issue. So fighting five, number 40, 1966 is his first appearance, kind of a, a backup story in the back of, of that. Um, and then DC acquired this um, character in, in the 80s and used him around. He appeared 
in uh, you know Vigilante, which is a big part of this TV show, had a good long run at DC in terms of his own comics. Peacemaker shows up in that, um, and then um, you know he he is like one of those characters that, like we said, a sealess character, maybe maybe forgettable. Not you know, is he trying to be like the Punisher or other kind of tropes like that? Anti-hero, sure, um, but they decided to bring him in in this bunch of misfits called. Uh, the Suicide Squad in 2021. So he was a big part. John Cena was a big part of this movie and a big part of the plot. And uh, in that movie, he kind of reveals like what he's all about. His main quote, uh, when he's talking to Rick Flagg about who he is and what he represents, he says, I cherish peace with all my heart and I don't care how many men, women, or children I have to kill to get it. So there you go. That sums up his mission statement as as a hero. And um, it's a, I, I really like that second Suicide Squad, the James Gunn movie. It it had some um, you know Guardians of the Galaxy vibes in terms of obscure characters, funny moments, comedy, incredible soundtrack. Um, I'm definitely in the same. Um, I, I vibe hard with um, James Gunn's. Uh, playlists like that dude could put together a soundtrack like nobody's business and a part of that film peacemaker um has some like all the suicide squad folks have questionable actions and he's left at the end you think he's he's dead at the end of this movie does some horrible things but then you discover when they when they announced after that movie they're doing a peacemaker show people were like what i thought I thought he died or something happened. Like I thought he was taken off the table. And then uh, the the opening to the TV show is him in the hospital and uh, waking up and he actually survived. So that's kind of the little backstory of um, Peacemaker and where he appears out there in comics and movies and TV shows. Guys, am I forgetting anything when it comes to that? Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned he was from Charlton Comics and when DC acquired them, they wanted to do something with them. And Alan Moore was actually, when it was writing for Watchmen, was ah. going to use those Charlton characters. But they said, no, we just bought these. We don't want you to do what you're going to do in Watchmen with them. Ah. So Peacemaker is who he based the comedian off of. Oh, nice. That's a good pull. Yep. 100%. Yeah. So so here's this this TV show. Man, it, it, it is HBO Max. Uh, it is It is not a rated G or PG or PG 13. <laughs> this is not a TV show for, for, um, innocent and young ears. Um, you, not for the faint of heart. It leans in hard to the, to the rated R HBO max, um, um, way of doing things. Uh, but I think having that, I mean, imagine if guardians galaxy was, was rated R like the or the suicide squad. I mean, James Gunn can really go, go in with, with the jokes and the music and, and really pushing the boundaries with that. Um, Christian, do you, uh, this show, when, when did you, how did you discover it? And when did you watch this thing? (laughs) Let's see. I had watched the, uh, Suicide Squad movie James Gunn did, and I really enjoyed it, uh, far better than the first Suicide Squad we got. Mm -hmm. And then I learned there's going to be a show about Peacemaker. I was like, yeah, he was enjoyable, but do we really need an entire show based around this obscure character in DC? And I can say quite faithfully after that. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And I watched it as soon as it was airing. Uh, just talking with my brother about it as each episode drops. Like, oh my gosh, did you see this? Oh my gosh, this was so cool. Mm-hmm. I love it immensely. Yeah, Daniel, what's, do you have any prior relationship with this character before the suicides, before HBO, before the movie? Uh, did you know about this character? How did you get into it and how did you find find the show? 
No, yeah, I knew I knew nothing. Uh, I was following James Gunn after he uh, left Marvel for that brief minute, and then and then they announced he was doing a DC film, and I was uh, very excited to see what he was going to do with it. And it was it was going to be R rated, so for a more well, I was going to say mature audience, but if you <laughs> pay attention to the humor, I don't know if that that doesn't really work. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, love the Suicide Squad. Um, didn't like the Peacemaker character, um, but was super excited to see where they were going to take him with the show. And and it it they they did it. They win. It was it was a phenomenal show. Uh, my kind of humor. So yeah, that's as soon as it's yes for mature audiences. No, what about older? immature people maybe maybe that's what they <laughs> that's do it. um it. that that's it like and, and i think you're you're right like this character is someone that you love to hate if he gets on your nerves and you don't like him and he's too extreme for you good that is the appropriate response to this dude like you're not supposed to be like if he if he's your favorite superhero man i we need to have a conversation uh and i think <laughs> he makes you uncomfortable he does things that are questionable and you should feel uncomfortable because that's what suicide squad does and and so the trick for the storyteller and the IP is to, are, are they going to draw you in to make you care for these characters that are the villains or anathema to the rest of the DC universe? And yeah, what, that's why Amanda Waller, Suicide Squad, pulled them in the first place. They're expendable. They put a chip in the back of their head that if they go, they don't obey orders, she's going to explode their head. Um, and so um, that's why they're the Suicide Squad. And and um, they're expendable. Um and, and in the Suicide Squad uh, movie, they, they rebel against Amanda Waller, and she shows up again in this TV show with another mission. In the Suicide Squad movie, it was Project Starfish, I believe, again, um, an alien race to come down that they're kind of holding and um, trying to manipulate or study, and it gets free. A, a chaos ensues. This one, um, you, you learn quickly, when he's in the hospital, they're like, you're you're free to go. And he's like, opening scene and his opening conversation with the janitor is I'm like, okay, it just hooked me right away. <laughs> like this conversation and the conversation yes. they're having, you're like, this is, this dialogue is brilliant. And, and he gets free and he, he thinks he's free, but then there's another kind of uh, task force from Amanda Waller that's drawn him in for another mission. And that the, the thing, the, the chip in the back of his head is still there. They can still explode it or whatever. Am I right about that? Was it still there? Is that, they kind of manipulated him about that. I'll look it up. Yeah. Um, I, th I think that's why they, or maybe he just wanted to be loved I so think much. Because so, that's how they could track him. That's how they could track him. Exactly. So, so they bring him into this new kind of mission called Project Butterfly. And, and it takes a while to really understand what this Project Butterfly is. Uh, just like the character Peacemaker, you're like, what does this mean? What am I, what, what's going on? He's just trying to fit in. Uh, and in the midst of that, uh, awkward moments of toxic uh, mas masculinity and <laughs> uncomfortable uh, uh, behavior, um, which, yeah, I th that's there for a reason. They then are trying to figure out what was going on with with Project um, Butterfly. So yeah, the ch the chip was still there, and that's how they were ma manipulating him. Um, this um, overall, what what were your? I mean, how do you think this story was told? I mean, we don't want to jump right to like our ratings, but but as the story progressed, what what stood out for you, and and why was the opening? theme song montage the best in television history <laughs> it's, the, it's the only opening to a tv show that i will never skip 
One hundred percent. I am right there with you. The, the opening. I will. I will never. Yeah. I. I even brought my wife and said, "Hey, Cindy, you got. You got to see this." She wasn't quite as amused as I was, but it's like I'm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never skipping that one. Yeah. I, I even skipped like Star Wars intros. Like, okay. Ooh. Like, yeah. Let's get to the show. Um, but this one, yeah. I don't. I don't skip. And for people out there who don't have HBO, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. The opening montage has got to be out there somewhere. Go find it. Go listen to it. Christian, how about you? It's just incredibly well shot and choreographed to the max. And you can tell like they're having fun doing it, which just brings this authenticity uh, to it that it's just a lot of fun watching them have fun making this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. And, and there's even characters in the opening montage intro sequence that, that you don't find out later who they are. You're like, who's that person? So I can't wait for that. Who's that? I want them to show up at some point. Yeah. Um, even his, his sidekick eagerly shows up there and flies out and squawks there at the beginning. Um, pr- pretty cool. Um, Daniel, what, what are some themes in this particular um, TV show that jump out to you in terms of what it's really wrestling with or causes us to wrestle with? Um, I think one of the things that stood out is um, uh, there's this line by Mern, uh, who uh, spoilers if you guys haven't seen the show. Yeah, if you haven't um, seen the show, find pause out, now. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, uh, you find out he he's a butterfly, uh, but he talks about uh, remembering all of these guy this guy's memories. Yeah, so he has a line where he he says he's a murderer. Um, and I know his thoughts, uh, but even he could have changed. And I think you kind of see um, Peacemaker hmm. change from this character you almost despised and like a person you would never want to hang out with. Um, but then you, like as uh, as a viewer, you're watching him change and grow as an individual to somebody who um, I mean, let's see, what did, what did she say at the end? I used to think you were like a total dick, but now you're only like 85% a dick. So <laughs> he, he, he got, he went from a hundred percent. He, he improved by 15%, yeah, but I think, we, uh, you know, yeah, it's, could do that. yeah, but I think it's the, the relationships and, and the people, um, and just, even just understanding his background and where he came from that, that kind of helps you to have some empathy and allowed that character to grow a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, well said. The character growth. He he um he was used as a tool um and expendable for a project that they're looking to, but over the course of these episodes, interactions and frustrations and working things out by the end, uh you you start to have uh empathy and sympathy for him, especially when you figure out his background and who raised him and the, and the childhood trauma and the family trauma that he experienced from a, um, a, a white supremacist, uh, a, as a father, uh, you're like, Oh, okay. Now, now I understand, uh, why he's acting this way and, and what's going on. And to see that growth and try to separate himself from this family system, uh, is, is pretty, it brings you along for a, for a good ride. Um, and and by the end, you're almost proud of them. At the end, Christian, how about you? What what theme or or what's the aspect of this show that really stands out? That stands out for you. I mean, that was a good one, Daniel. But what I was really thinking about most of this time was his the history of abuse in that house mm-hmm. and how uh, with his dad, not only with the white supremacist views, but how he treated his own sons, pitting them against each other, having them fight, and then how that has moved a generation to peacemaker. He doesn't have a family. 
but he's taking out all of his insecurities and anger out on the people around him. Mm. That's still a form of abuse, even if it's not kept within the family in that regard. So it just shows how people in these situations, they're going to lash out in ways that even they don't understand because that's the only thing they know and how over time Peacemaker is able to figure out, oh, yeah, I am being a huge jerk right now. Let me uh, – any that that revelation he gets, it's not like he's a completely transformed person. He doesn't start going to church or anything like that. Yeah. But it, it's a step in the right direction where how can I be better to these people? How can I treat them as human beings that I really appreciate what, what they did with that? Yeah, yeah. And I – um well said. And, and for me, I keep going back to, to friendship and um, that kind of theme of friendship, what, what we need in our friends and, and what, we'd, what we're insecure about. Like his friendship with, um, there's Eagly, like the only one who, who literally an eagle gives him a hug in this TV show. You have to see it to believe it. Um, and <laughs> uh, but his friendship with Vigilante, I, again, uh, this character that was taken seriously in the comics um, is made to somewhat be a big joke in this um, in this TV show, but you also get to see like his background and then uh, what he's really looking for and longing for, and uh, the common mission that he really just wants to be part of a team, part of a group, and he really looks up uh, to to Peacemaker and wants to be his friend. And their banter back and forth and how they iron that all out throughout the show is comical. Um, it's it's. Uh, is uncomfortable at times, uh, but but also it progresses and it just shows, kind of reveals that this kind of longing that we all have to want to be a part of a team, uh, to belong to a group, a, a family, uh, to to have deep authentic friends uh, to go through life together, so we can you know face our trauma and hopefully use our gifts for to make the world a better place, even if we're using those gifts in, a, in the wrong way. What, what kind of stewardship are we using our, our gifts for? Um, the, this show kind of, kind of lifts those, those up. Um, yeah. So any, any other things we're, we're forgetting with, in terms of the themes that we want to do? I think there's, there's also that theme of kind of aliens and the other, I, I think the whole thing is about these butterflies that are aliens. I mean, they, they played around that with, um, uh, with, with project starfish. Uh, but here you have, these butterflies, aliens that are pretty cool. They possess a body. They give them like the strength. Um, and, and then I think that beside his father's like white supremacist, um, ideology about the alien, the other, um, othering other people. Um, I think them going side by side, um, really says something about what, what humans are capable of and what we often do when we're scared of, of the other. Yeah, I think going along with that is a, a big thing of identity and like who someone is. And like when these butterflies take over their host bodies, like they're a completely different person. And how does that affect the, the people around them? Well, in order to do things correctly, they have to keep infecting other people because they're going to get noticed because they're so different in how they handle the world around them. And then you get with characters like Peacemaker and once again, how he is working around the people around him, how he is learning how to treat them better. He has this whole thing. He starts to show off with this, I'm a jingoistic man. I'm going to do things for America. America, wrong, uh, right or wrong, it's my country. And learning along the way, like, look, as great as America is, it's still a fallible country. How do I wrestle with what I created myself to be versus who I need to be? Yeah. Daniel, what say you? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, questions about identity are a big deal because if you um, – 
you got to be careful who and what you are loyal to and why. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much do I want to get into this. I don't know. It's fine. We should keep going. <laughs> no, I, I thought that was good. Loyalty and, you know, what you pledge allegiance to. You know, I mean, I, he's driving around in the beginning like a, a car that looks like the flag. His his trailer looks like a flag. He's the peacemaker. Um, the, you know, his dad is the white dragon um, who, who pledged allegiance to a different kind of flag uh, ideology. I think the loyalty and then and then, you know, the reason he made the misstep in Suicide Squad is because he thought he was being loyal. You know, like um, the, his actions there, he wanted to be a loyal follower. He's going to stick to the mission, you know, and then in this one, they have a mission and they're all working out, you know, what their loyalty, what their mission is. So I think um, that that's completely legit when it comes when it comes to that. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think is is Peacemaker a hero? Is he a villain? Is he anti-hero? Is he something all different? How, how would you classify Peacemaker um, in in this TV show? Most definitely an anti-hero with along the way getting more heroic capabilities and qualities, but not never on the verge of becoming a superhero just based right. on who he is and the way he handles things. Uh, it's yeah, he's an anti-hero in my book. Yeah. How would you classify him or label him, Daniel? <laughs> oh, I mean, in this show, I'd say he's going through an identity crisis. He doesn't know. He's he's very confused about who he is and and what he wants and what he valued or used to value. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, and, yeah, we're gonna have to go anti-hero. He saves the day. He saves the day in the end. But yeah, um, he he uh, has some trouble getting there. <laughs> that that's exactly right. I mean, again, it's like how would you classify Will um, Will Rose like? Uh, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and now, like, hopefully there's a character arc, um, you know, there. And then, you know, how would you cl classify him in Suicide Squad and then episode one uh, and then the final episode that leads off, um, that leaves it open-ended? Uh, there is rumors that there will, James Gunn insists there's going to be a season two, um, and uh, but there hasn't been any, like, updates or pre-production uh, is kind of hanging out there. I think they're trying to figure out the direction of the DCU. Um, but, but yeah, they leave it in a way that you could do a season two with Peacemaker. You could bring him into another property and he could show up, and especially with that character growth. I think he'd fit in well. John Cena nails it. He's a good actor um, and, and leaned hard into this, this character. I'm, I'm not a huge wrestling fan and I don't know how wrestling fans feel uh, about him, but man, he, he acted his butt off. Um, he acted his clothes off. I mean, he loves being just in his underwear and showing, like his complete body um in in this uh tv show after i finished watching i'm like man i think i need to go to the gym but he um um it is and so they acknowledge in this show that it is a part of the larger dc universe they they talk about aquaman um <laughs> they they're the justice league you know uh um are referenced and you might you might see some backup some 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 heads in, in this, but the, um, is this, and, and it seems like the success of this show and the suicide squad, and then James Gunn being kind of on the outs of the MCU and then brought back to do guardians of the galaxy. But now I think this show was kind of a catalyst that led and opened the door to say like, Hey, is this new direction? We want to go in the entire DC universe with a whole reboot. Um, Danny, do you think this is the tone 
that they're they're going with is this the catalyst that that gave James Gunn the green light to for all these huge projects that are ahead of us? <laughs> oh, I mean for sure between the suicide between the Suicide Squad and uh, Peacemaker, uh, that was that was what. Uh, uh, kicked off James Gunn's success and brought him in to do it. I don't. I don't know that. Uh, uh, I would expect the same kind of uh, grittiness and the same kind of uh, raw, mature humor to mm-hmm. be uh, within all the other other properties. Um, but I think his ability to uh, bring in obscure characters and place them in a realistic universe. Um, I think, I think that's what he's got. That's what he's got going. Yeah. I think it'll, I think it'll work well. Cool. Christian, what about you, man? Yeah. As far as him earning this job through these two series, definitely. That's why they want him there. Not only for what he's done with Marvel with guardians, but also with the movie and the series he's proven he can helm all those things. Now, as far as a tone for the the eventual whatever they're calling this new slate, I sincerely hope not, because this <laughs> need this can only work in certain areas. Right. I right. don't want a Superman movie like this. <laughs> I don't want a Batman movie like this. Yeah. But it works perfectly where it's at. Just don't infect anything else with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 kind of right right there with you. I think this definitely opened the door and gave him the green light. And obviously, man, James Gunn is good at what he does. Um, and, and they're like, we, we see the popularity of what you have done here. And they, they see the numbers when it comes to suicide squad and this TV show, um, on, on HBO. And so they're like, Hey, we, we want to chase those views, uh, chase that vibe, um, for the DCU and, and the way he can, you know, I think with all the properties that they've announced James Gunn, I, I think, I don't think he's going to make everything like, like Suicide Squad or everything like Peacemaker, he 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 can change the tone around just like the movies um, have have their different tones and styles, and hopefully um, their own characters have their own their own vibe and and um, way of doing things too. So I th- I think he's a pretty smart guy that he's able able to do that. Um, so so yeah, I mean, but if you like uh, James Gunn's style and humor and and music choice, uh, which I really do, then. Then yeah, I think um, you should you should check this this TV show out. I couldn't recommend it more. Um, what 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 about you guys? What is this is this something that you would recommend, or would you like selectively choose certain people um, <laughs> to to recommend it to? Definitely selectively choosing. This is not for everyone, and I mean we've even had discussions on the show before. Joe is not a big fan of this. Right. And he thinks it's a little too cringy, 12 year old humor. And sometimes it does get there and it irks me when it goes that far. Mm-hmm. But as far as plot wise, the story and everything, I'm there for it. And even with the annoying stuff like that. This is exactly uh, it's exactly the kind of humor that would have made me very uncomfortable in public school as a conservative evangelical. Like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't have done this. 15 or 20 years ago but uh yeah it's definitely not for everyone uh if you like adolescent humor and a great story and great um character development but you you really also gotta uh, enjoy adolescent humor and not mind a whole lot of uh f words so it's not for everyone yeah yeah, if you can handle all those things i i i say yeah i I think uh, even looking at his character um like 
we probably know people like this. There, there's a little bit of arrested development with him in a sense that like he's kind of stuck trying to impress his father, tr- longing for friendships, the the potty humor, the F-bombs is, you know, trying to be a man's man, that that kind of thing uh, has stuck with him. But but he's 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 starting to see through this project butterfly, you know, and if you think about butterflies starting in uh, as one thing, and then uh, chrysalis and becoming a cocoon and emerging as something different out of that. I think it fit that theme uh, is is what's happening with Peacemaker and his character. Um, this emergence of a new creation, a new character that's emerging from something that was once before, regardless of how traumatic his his childhood was and, and toxic and and appalling um, the viewpoints of his um, of his dad and his family. Hopefully, when it says Project Butterfly, that I had no idea when they began talking about this, that that was going to be the overall thing, this transformation of becoming something different out of it, I think is a big theme uh, that, that you can run with when it comes to, comes to Peacemaker. And, and I think it was masterfully written, good humor. Um, that, yeah, for some, this kind of humor, I mean, yeah, Joe and I disagreed about like Elf. And I get it if you're like, man, I don't, I don't like that. But man, that's just right down my alley of humor. I'm like, I, I've been getting in trouble for laughing about that stuff since, since first grade. And I still do um, today. So as a 50 year old. So um, that's, that's, that's kind of what, that's kind of my, the, the struggle is real, folks. The struggle is real. <laughs> yeah so so go check it out let us know what you think um for those of you who have seen this show if we're missing any things if there's characters that you really liked i mean i mean judo man come on i mean hmm. that 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 guy um that that was that was excellent um if there there are aspects to the show that that you want to lift up let us know on on social media on our website um, hunt us down and, and let us know, let us know what you think. All right. Uh, let's, let's wrap this thing up as we're going through these series, been asking questions about, um, you know, kind of our, our, our TV habits. We talked about movies and drive-ins, talked about what snacks our go-to snacks in the theater. And then, you know, we have all our, our in-home theater, but there's so much streaming, so many TV shows. Um, Daniel, what are, what are you, what is your binging habit when you've really discovered a show you really, really like, um, whether it's put out weekly or it's all drops at once, what 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 are some of your binging habits? What what do you do? When do you do it? What do you eat while you watch? Like, what are some of your binging habits? You don't mind sharing with um, our our thousands of listeners out there? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I have three kids, so my binging habits happen uh, after bedtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's when I, depending on the show, if I, if I have access to the whole show, I will, um, watch until I am falling asleep on the couch, which is really frustrating when I actually do fall asleep on the couch, because then I have to go back the next day and try to remember where I left off. Mm. Especially if he keeps going from episode to episode, continue next episode. That's happened to yep. me. I tried to watch it and watch, I tried to rewatch some of this show. I fell asleep, do half of it. And then I woke up and it was like already on episode six. And I was like, wait a minute, I was in episode two. Wow. That was a good long yeah, sleep. The worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what is like the time, like your bedtime for your kids? What's like prime time? Like you're not quite sleepy yet, uh, but you're ready to watch the show. What time in the evening does that land for you? All right. Uh, yeah. Well, start around eight thirty or nine yeah. and then I get tired anywhere between 1130 and one thirty. Okay. Now, now, now I feel like I need, I need to explain. I don't binge TV every night of the week, but when I finally 
when I finally find a show that I, I really enjoy, um, I'll just, I'll just keep going till I can't go any longer. Nice. Nice, nice. And I think the streaming services are being a little smart now. I mean, I think Disney Plus does it. Uh, HBO has been doing it. Like Netflix dumped and then people binge and it was over and they stopped talking about it. I think drawing them out, they relearned that, you know, when you have these episodic TV shows week in and week out, people start talking about the episodes, whereas Last of Us, Mandalorian, they, they want a week long drawn out conversation around what's going to happen in speculation and then they drop another one so this kind of dropping a couple one episode or a couple of episodes or three episodes at once talk about it and then they, they want to draw people's subscription out they don't want you to get that like trial for you know a couple of days watch an entire series and then drop it so so they're they're learning they're learning as much as us yeah dan <laughs> no yeah but there have been times where um i will wait i will wait a month into a show so that i can uh subscribe for a month shorter than i normally would and then yeah. that way i got i got a few episodes to to uh keep going on keep watching dan dan has the the geek hacks man whether it's whether it's uh uh he, he brings out some wisdom and how to do this <laughs> stuff like i, I you know i i I now know how my my Roku to to point do the up toggle to know where that where it is in terms of the how much duration I have left in the TV show. I did not know that until Daniel taught me that trick. I was like, man, that's so good. Yeah, good stuff. Christian, how about you? How how do you binge? What what's your what's your pattern or habit? Well, I've become my father. I always knew it was going to happen. <laughs> hey, that tracks with Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah. You can- <laughs> <laughs> he is one of those people. We're both undiagnosed with something. I don't know if it's ADHD or what have you. I don't have the money to go to the doctor to tell me what's wrong with me. But he <laughs> is one of those people that he, as opposed to me, I can read an entire book in one sitting, or at least I used to be able to do that and then do nothing else. I'm just there. I'm reading it. I could, I used to be able to just watch something. But he has to do the, these things like 15-minute increments or he'll watch one show and then he'll watch a different show. And I've been plagued with that for the past couple of months. It's not even wow, funny. Wow. Like okay. I've been binging through the Twilight Zone right now to rewatch it all. I could watch three episodes at a time, then I have to go watch something else. I have to watch mm. a, di- a different anime or a different Western animated cartoon or something like that. It's not fair. <laughs> I used to be able to just keep going. And now I always knew it was going to happen, but I've become my father. Yeah. Uh. That's well, the, the first step is always recognizing that, that we have, <laughs> so I, but, but I, I think, uh, I, I think that's true. Like I, I definitely, now that I'm falling asleep in front of like TV shows, my wife going like, Will, are you up? I'm like, dude, have I become Bill Rose? Like falling asleep in the chair during a TV show. And, and, uh, my mom yelling at my dad to wake up to keep watching. But I, um, yeah, I'm with you. It depends on the show and what's going on. For me, you know, I have my Star Wars habit of like Mandalorian drops and and I wake up first thing in the morning, have my coffee and watch because I'm going to be on point and watch it so I can be on the internet the rest of the day. But if yeah. it's a show that's been out a long time that has a lot of episodes, I'll, I'll try to binge it and do a couple episodes a night until I get sleepy and, and do those things. So. So yeah, now now my kids are out of the house. They're they're in college. I'm seeing our empty nesters. We have a little bit more time in the evening. Now I have the dynamic of like, what do we want to watch together? And then when I'm like, Cindy, um, I release you to whatever else you need to do so that I can watch things you don't want to watch and vice versa. Um, so so yeah, it depends on the show, but but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the dynamic of streaming and binging shows and then going back, it does fascinate me that it is going back to these like um 
one episode a week drops to draw people in that, that and then you have all these streaming services and then they're going to bundle it together and like we're just back to cable again and we're back to weekly tv shows we're just we're yeah. right back in the 80s again y'all you know i mean yeah um except i can watch it on my phone um so that's a little different if you would have told me 12 year old will that one day i'd be watching star wars on my phone on a plane on the way back from europe i'd been like you're crazy um but <laughs> but it happened it happened. Awesome, y'all. This was super fun. Um, you know, y'all, I, I wouldn't recommend murdering people for peace, but I, I, I do think it's a good conversation to have about, um, you know, what what makes peace in the world. Our, lo- our world longs for peace, and um, and we're all called to be peacemakers. There's even a beatitude in, in the Gospel of Matthew. Says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Um, and so, so yeah, I encourage you to be that and discern that and do that in community. And we're here for you to help you think through those things as well. And as we wrap up and close out this um, episode on Peacemaker, there's only one way to say goodbye, and that's peace out, y'all. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.